Hey listeners, this is the Spotlight on Grace podcast, where we're focusing on what's happening at Grace Church and how God's grace is making a difference in our lives. I'm your host, Burr Bolton, Pastor Tanya's co-hosting. Hey, Miss Burr, how are you? I'm good. Good. Where, where are we at in this season four? We are moving right along, and we think we're calling this season four, episode eight. That's right, we think. We think. <laughs> We'll see. Whatever it is, they're all they've all been good. They have because I've been here for them. Uh-huh. So yeah, they've all been good. And another good one today. Yep. Well, our resident, <laughs> our resident therapist is here <laughs> on our real podcast. On our real podcast with real <laughs> microphones and stuff. Nina Boshiers. Hello. Hey Nina. And, and Nina might be our most um, frequent. Guest, uh, guest on the show, but it's because we need her in we our do. life. Yes, um, yeah, we definitely need. I've her. heard all the healthy people have a therapist. Okay, Even the therapists have a therapist. <laughs> there you go. That's so right. my my therapist is my small group leader. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't. And like I'm thinking, people should really take advantage of this because therapy can get pricey, yes. and this is free. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But today we're talking about a word that I think sometimes people get confused about its definition and it's intimacy yes dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that's right i, I should have hit one of the sound effects that's right intimacy yeah i think we have a lot to explore i think we do too and learn mm-hmm. i'm here i'm so here i'm for probably going to be quiet today unless i'm asking questions <laughs> but that I, doesn't help that doesn't help our intimacy if we can't get to know you oh okay well i think i've already said <laughs> enough before we started recording <laughs> well played <laughs> All right, so why would people be confused about this term intimacy and then how you're going to teach us today, Nina? They would most likely think of what? Marriage and physical intimacy, Mm -hmm. I think, is what comes to mind. Even telling people that I was going to do the podcast about intimacy today, they're like, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Like, is that going to be, you know, juicy or whatever? (laughs) I'm like, no, 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 it's not that kind of podcast. Yeah, sorry, (laughs) nope. Um, She's not that kind of therapist, but she could help there probably. (laughs) I can help some. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think people hear that word and they assume that means physical touch or sex or specific to marriage. Um, And you can have intimacy in possibly any relationship, depending on the dynamics. And we'll get into why and how as we talk more. Um, But uh, something that was helpful when I was looking up various definitions of intimacy, just to even start there, um, was a distinction between having an intimate relationship versus intimate experiences. I thought that was an interesting way to to think about it. So an intimate relationship being one in which an individual shares intimate experiences in several areas, um, and we'll get into kind of areas of intimacy in a minute. Um, and then there's an expectation that those experiences will continue to happen, and it's an ongoing relationship, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And then intimate experiences are feeling close or sharing with one another in an area of intimacy. And it could be an isolated experience or it could be one that repeats. But there's no, in that case, you're not necessarily saying that this is an intimate relationship. We've just had this moment or event together okay. that brought us close together. I got you. Does that make sense, the, mm-hmm. the distinction? Um, and you can have intimate experiences with a variety of people without that necessarily developing into an ongoing relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can you think of, so using those definitions, can you think of an example of an intimate experience that you've had or generally people have? So when I'm hearing intimacy, and I've never looked up the definition before until right now, from something you said, basically it means just a feeling of closeness mm-hmm. or a shared experience. Um, I've never really thought about that definition, but that makes sense. But I was thinking about the fact that, um, you know, if you were, if you were, <laughs> I guess this is kind of weird, but like if you were on the same traumatic airplane flight with lots of ter- turbulence, you know, I guess in <laughs> mm-hmm. some way there's a feeling of cl- closeness there for a minute over this kind of scary thing. Yeah. But I guess standing in the airport, you know, waiting for your next flight, you maybe had that. I mean, that's a weird example, but that's kind of an example, sure. I guess, of 
something right. that could happen. You've bonded over, over this, this shared You may experience. never see those people again. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, you have this shared story. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And there are obviously, you know, um, your kids being on the same ball team, you know, you become, mm-hmm. you have that closeness with those other parents or just different things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think mothers typically have some automatic form of intimacy especially as you you know sit around and share a birth story Mm -hmm. um you know like (laughs) people immediately can engage in that way that um all the people that have yeah have had babies mm -hmm. (laughs) right yes not just not just but then even in motherhood like Mm -hmm. the even if you haven't birthed a child raising a child we all kind of have that shared so a common story is Mm -hmm. as good as a shared actual experience I think you it think? could be, yeah. Okay. Because it, it, it's maybe what's facilitating the feeling of closeness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is we've had a similar experience and we can talk about what it was like for you and what it was like for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just trying to think of something non-traumatic, like something good <laughs> and wonderful. <laughs> Unlike the plane ride. <laughs> well, the other first scary thing, plane ride. The first thing that actually came to my mind was this past weekend. We were at the beach, and these are people that I know very well, so we've had several experiences together. But as we were um, getting ready to be done for the night and head to our separate bedrooms, a bat flew into our room <laughs> through, the, <laughs> through the door, and I thought oh, that my. was a moment. Like, we'll never forget that moment. You know, the no, you won't. five of us that were in that room six of us so anyway yeah yeah definitely a shared experience Mm -hmm. um another way that when when people just say the word intimacy what I always think about kind of how you break down when you're trying to spell a word like Wednesday you Mm -hmm. say Wednesday Mm -hmm. or maybe it's just me um when I was in grad school one of the professors when we were talking about this he I don't know where he got it or if it was his original thought but into me see so seeing into me knowing being known um, I think all plays into intimacy so it's hard for me to even say the word intimacy without into me see Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) Um, but that's always been a helpful definition I think it's that shared vulnerability that helps build intimacy one of again from grad school probably in the same class we had to watch a movie um, with Richard Gere and Susan Sarandon called Shall We Dance. came out in 2004. And so Richard Gere and Susan Sarandon's characters are married. And it just kind of paints a picture of almost like a roommate-type relationship. They've been married for many years. Um, so they've, you could say they've lost some of their intimacy. Um, and... It shows Richard Gere on the way home from work every day riding like a train or subway kind of thing. And he sees up in a high-rise building a light on, and it's showing a dance studio. So he's intrigued, and he gets off the train one day, and he he goes up there to kind of see, check it out, um, because, of course, the woman is pretty in the window that he sees. Um, And so he ends up taking dance lessons, and his wife starts to wonder, like, why are you not coming home? What are you doing? Are you having an affair? So she hires a private investigator to follow him and figures out this is what he's doing and that it, as far as she can tell, it's harmless. Like he really is just taking dance lessons. Mm-hmm. So she has this conversation with the private investigator when she meets with him to say, I think you need to stop. Like, I don't need your services anymore. This is harmless. We don't need to do this. She asks him, why is it that people get married? And her response, he gives a response. He says romance or something like that. And, and then he turns it back to her and says, well, why do you think? And the quote, I wrote down the quote because this has always stuck with me as far as, again, kind of a way of viewing intimacy beyond what people think of as physical intimacy. She says, we need a witness to our lives. There's a billion people on the planet. I mean, what does any one life really mean? But in a marriage, you're promising to care about everything. The good things, the bad things, the terrible things, the mundane things. All of it, all the time, every day. You're saying to that person, your life will not go unnoticed because I will notice it. Your life will not go unwitnessed because I will be your witness. And I just love that. Mm-hmm. And so then, he, then he's like, you are a romantic after all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just that idea of like, even in the the middle of the night when your kid is sick, like you and your spouse getting up and tending to those needs together. Like, yeah, we don't 
any of us want to volunteer to do that necessarily, but that shared experience, even though it's negative, can can be a place of intimacy. Yeah, of and I, I think it meets a very human need to be known and to, you know, because there's billions of people on this planet and, mm-hmm. you know, no one knows you like the people you're intimate with, whether yeah. that's a spouse or a friendship or a familial relationship. But, yeah, it meets that human need of to be known yeah. and to be loved. Connection that mm-hmm. we talk about a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's kind of like that if, and I'm going to get it wrong, if a tree falls in the forest and nobody's there to hear it, did it did it make a sound? Uh-huh, right. It's kind of the same idea. Like if there's nobody that you're close to and sharing some level of intimacy with, it's almost like, Was what's the point it? of anything? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's the point of going to work if you don't interact with anybody yeah. or develop a relationship or, you know, so, I mean, it, it matters yeah. to, to build that with at least a few people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So can I ask you a question and you can say if I'm jumping ahead or not? Sure. So like how important is the feeling like like can you like if you know what I'm saying like if you have friendships if you have relationships but you don't I mean is there always an emotional tie to that or going through the motions of the experience is that enough um or does intimacy really mean the feeling like we're close because we were roommates mm -hmm. or we're close because we feel close I think there's a feeling inherent in any form of intimacy Mm -hmm. but uh, that leads into kind of my next section of um, different types of intimacy so this also may speak to what different kinds of relationships but you can also have these types all within the same relationship potentially but I do think to answer your question I do think feeling is kind of inherent in all of the areas that that's really the defining we feel close because of whatever shared Mm -hmm. experience Mm -hmm. um I do think people can have different perceptions of what that closeness is and then that's a whole other podcast (laughs) (laughs) she'll be back (laughs) that's a whole other podcast of um you know I feel really close and connected but maybe the other person in the relationship Mm -hmm. doesn't and why would that be and if do we want to fix it? And if so, how? Um, but I, yes, I think feeling is inherent in all aspects of intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, so something, I haven't used it in a long time, but when I'm working with couples, I used to use this assessment called PAIR, and it's Personal Assessment of Intimacy and Relationships, I think is what that stands for. But there's a questionnaire, and it's got 36 questions. And as you're taking the the assessment, you don't necessarily know what each question is pointing to, although you could figure it out pretty easily. Um, but you go through and you answer, for example, the first question is, my partner listens to me when I need someone to talk to. And you have zero to four. Zero is strongly disagree. Four is strongly agree. So you answer that rating on all the questions. And you go through it twice. You mark it with how you perceive the relationship is now. And then you go through again and answer how you wish it would be. Um, And so that's a really helpful tool, number one, to have each person in the relationship answer their perception of how it is now and compare those answers. You graph all this out, and it makes it easier to see. Um, But then if you take how they wish it would be, comparing their answers on that to each other, but also how different is that from what we think it actually is. So it, it yields a lot of really productive conversation, but... It breaks down intimacy into, the article actually gives seven types of intimacy, but I think the assessment only is gauging five types. So they're looking at emotional intimacy, which is closeness of feelings. Does that, I mean, these are pretty straightforward, I feel like. Social intimacy, um, which would be we have friends in common, we have um, couple friends, we have shared networks. Again, that could be your kids are on the same sports team or you go to the Mm -hmm. same church, you're in a small group or whatever that case may be, but you have a shared connection of other friends. Intellectual, so this is shared ideas. This could be we're learning a new language together or we're reading a book together or you're part of a book club Mm -hmm. um, that has conversation about what you're reading. That's an intellectual 
um, intimacy. Sexual intimacy, of course, being physical affection and sex. Recreational intimacy, um, shared interests and hobbies that you both participate in and enjoy together. And then I don't believe that the actual assessment asks about spiritual intimacy. So having a, a religious faith in common or how you make meaning out of things in life, that however you do that being something you share in common, whether that's through church or faith or not. Um, and then aesthetic intimacy, that I don't recall <laughs> that one being one that I studied, but um, closeness from experiencing um, beauty. So watching a sunrise together or going to the beach and marveling at the ocean and things like that. I do think there are more you could go. I found articles that had 12 types of intimacy and, you know, 17 types of intimacy. Would you, add, would you add, like, do you feel like those encompass all the ones that come to mind if you think about it? Or do you feel like there are others that it doesn't? I think that covers it pretty well. And some of these you might even could combine because I, like mm-hmm. I like to find, like, the the bigger category that fits, you know, a lot of things. So if you think about um, your body and your mind and your spirit or your social, uh, you know, to me, if those things are covered, mm-hmm. this feels like this is good. And I think if you went to someone and you said, I'm talking about intimacy, and they said, ooh, is it going to get juicy? And you could say, well, I'm going to talk about social. I'm t- you know, like uh-huh. this, this would be a great way to define this is mm-hmm. what we could be talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, right. Yeah, this other one even adds conflict intimacy standing up with or to each other, facing and struggling with differences together, um, crisis intimacy. This is maybe the turbulent plane ride. <laughs> <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Example. Um, communication intimacy, being honest, trusting, truthful, loving. Um, I, you, again, you could file that under intellectual or emotional. Commitment intimacy, togetherness derived from dedication to a common cause. Work intimacy, sharing common tasks, supporting each other in bearing responsibilities. So, again, you could you could categorize that so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a really helpful assessment um, to use because, like I said, comparing, it's very eye-opening sometimes. The hope is that they're not too far off on their answers from each other, number one, but also that they're not miles apart from their assessment on how it is now versus how they'd like it to yeah. be. Um, I think you could adapt that if you needed to or wanted to, you know, taking out the um, physical intimacy category and or just redefining that as physical affection because you can still have hug or mm-hmm. shaking hands or, you know, there can be f- physical intimacy in relationships that are not sexual intimacy too. Um, so potentially you could adapt that assessment if you were needing it for a different type of relationship yeah. possibly. That's good. I would think. That's very helpful. I, I was starting to think a preacher had written those last few when you started saying all the C's. <laughs> <laughs> I was, when you threw work in, I knew it, it was probably a therapist that wrote it. That was good. Um, any other, like, as far as defining or categorizing, does you feel like we covered that well or? Mm-hmm. That's very clarifying to me mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. just, you know, again, trying to explain to someone, what do you mean when you say intimacy, you know, mm-hmm. and how do you have intimacy not beyond marriage, yeah. you know, beyond marriage? Um, are you going to get to the why do we need intimacy? The why behind it? Because I'm always wondering about the why behind. Why do we need these things? <laughs> well, let's just go there. <laughs> that wasn't one of my categories, actually, oh, but it sorry. is a good question. Mm-hmm. It is a good question. Why do you think? Well, why do I think? Yeah, because she's the therapist asking you questions now. <laughs> that's, um, that's the tactic, right? Have you figured that out yet? Yeah, no, you asked me a question. I'm the host of the podcast. <laughs> I turn it around to you. I ask the questions. <laughs> um, I mean, I think we talked about it earlier. Like, I think it's human need. Um, it's one of the needs that we need is to be known and loved. Um, I think some people are naturally better at this because of a key word that you use, which is vulnerability. Some people that struggle in that area, I think, are going to struggle with intimacy um, with others. Um, 
and 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 not that they can't have it, but you don't see them having as deep of friendships. Like their spouse may be their only true intimate relationship because they you know they don't know how to transfer that to friendships or whatever but um I think we I think we need it I think we're not supposed to live life in a vacuum I think we need community to be part of shared experiences and causes and yeah that's my answer what do you think Tanya I'm just stuck on this feeling word because <laughs> I because I feel for people like for people who don't have feelings I mean we all have feelings but like people who can't feel close I'm imagine I'm trying to think of but like there are people who are like that and right. my heart breaks right so I them. think about like what the consequences are so to speak for them in life and what how many people do we come across in our church life or in your work life or whatever like because they can't they don't have this feeling and it may go back to what you're saying, like the vulnerability or whatever. They're obviously lacking the relationships that they need. And that, you know, that's that's sad, but I also think that leads to a breakdown in I mean, society to say a breakdown in society might be too much, or it may not be. I don't know. Yeah. But is that something that we're that the world is missing today? Is that a part of the problem in the world today? Is a lack of intimacy and intimate relationships and friendships because people's Feelings are out of whack, overstimulated, non-existent. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think I've just kind of stuck on that for a minute. Yeah. That's probably not well, helpful think, to this discussion. But some people, like, they don't want people to know their junk, which, I mean, and I don't mean that, like, terrible bad junk, but right. just that you're not the person you're projecting. Mm-hmm. And I think we live in a world where we like to project certain things on social media and mm-hmm. you know and it's easy to hide behind a mask yeah and or you've been hurt so many times that or there's re- various reasons why you might choose to hide and not be vulnerable mm-hmm. I've just decided that if I get my heart stopped on it's worth it to me mm-hmm. because I'd rather live in genuine relationship with people than not yeah. but not everyone comes to that conclusion mm-hmm. eventually you know right, right. um and so I don't know it's it's anyways I don't know how other people live without intimate relationships Mm -hmm. in their life Mm -hmm. but they do because they're out there walking around living and breathing every day they may not even know what they're looking for because they may not have these words right to -hmm. define it to know what it is yeah well and I think you do have to be whether people are consciously choosing that or not I think you do have to be careful about who you choose to be intimate with. Mm -hmm. So having levels of relationships is important. Um, You know, that you're not telling the cashier at the store (laughs) the same. Yes. And we all know people like that or, or the cashier wants to tell you everything. BJ's always like, why do these people talk to you? Like about their deepest, darkest secrets. I'm like, I don't know. Don't know. So. Because it. you're a listener and a caregiver. I guess. I guess. You have that. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I'm not getting paid by the hour, Nina. Okay? I'm just, I'm just getting my groceries. <laughs> but, but so having the levels of relationships where, you know, you have somebody like that, that's a total stranger usually, that you're not going to share, you know, an intimate story with mm-hmm. versus your spouse who is probably the hopefully the most intimate person Mm -hmm. or relationship in your life um but there there are acquaintances so you might share oh yeah my son had a ball game the other night or whatever those kind of basic experiences you might not even with an acquaintance um you might talk about the weather or (laughs) the basic things um on up to okay I have a colleague or a coworker that we do share you know, certain tasks together or spaces even together. Um, and so you get to know them or have rhythms together with them. Mm-hmm. And then friends hopefully are deeper than that. And and I think there can be overlap in these categories that coworkers can be friends and even your spouse possibly could be your coworker. Oh. <laughs> I don't know that I recommend <laughs> Why that. Why <but laughs> would you do that? Don't, don't do that. That's my advice. <laughs> um, so they can overlap. But, you know, you get the point of it should build where your intimacy with someone very close to you looks very different than your intimacy with mm-hmm. just people you encounter mm-hmm. out in public daily. 
Yeah. Because there is risk involved. Yes. Right. Because to be intimate, truly, requires vulnerability. And um, I don't think we need to or should do that with just anyone. Um, you, I liked how you said it out. If I get my heart stomped on, I've decided it's worth it. Like yeah. some people have had it, their heart stomped on too many times. And so they've right. said never, ever, ever again. Yeah. Even if someone is safe and trustworthy mm-hmm. and has earned the right, mm-hmm. they've just decided I'm, I'm not doing that right. again. Or circumstances, I think. And it would be, honestly, it would be easy for me to be at that point just because of past things that have happened in my life. But I've decided that that's not how God wants me to live. Um, And that doesn't mean that I lay my heart out there for everyone to step on. But the relationships I'm invested in, I've decided it's worth it for me to keep opening my heart up. Because there's people out there that are worth it. Um, So how do you know when they're worth it? Yeah. Um, I think you have to decide what your guidelines are for for friendships. And I think, you know, trust is one of the huge ones, you know. Yeah. Um, because even the great, wonderful relationships, there's going to be hurt or misunderstanding. Sure. Or, you right. know, so those are, like you said, you have, those are the things that you decide. The, the good outweighs the bad, so to yeah. speak, of even the hard times we might go through together, or conflicts that we might have to work through. or. But, I, but I think, I think... The deeper the friendship or the the more intimate you are with someone, the more you can know each other on the other side of the conflict if both of you have the same goal to maintain mm-hmm. the friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously marriage, you should be trying to maintain that. But, you know, like you can't leave me because we're together forever. <laughs> but, you know, not that I really think that way. But you know what I'm saying? Like friends, it's a lot easier to break that union apart and never talk to each other. You know, marriage takes, you know, like yeah. lawyers and, you know, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. So <laughs> courts. But I think if I think you can get to a deeper level of friendship when you go through conflict together because you learn how to. Yeah forgive and voice your opinion and you learn to love each other through it and so yeah but I think some people get to the conflict point of a friendship and then they just stop being friends they decide the risk isn't worth it Mm -hmm. anymore Mm -hmm. yeah and there's a loss that happens I think Mm -hmm. yeah I agree that if there's conflict and you navigate through it successfully even if it's rough around the edges that that builds intimacy in and of itself, just that process. Because you're most likely seeing kind of the worst parts of each other in that. But if you make it to the other side, you're you're still saying, and still I choose you. Mm -hmm. I've seen this, I know this about you now, or we've experienced this together, and I still want to move forward in. Right, that's the beauty of family. I mean, you're automatically going to have the... (laughs) There's no way to make it out of your family relationship <laughs> and not have had a conflict. Mm-hmm. But that's the be- that's why most families are more intimate than a f- than a relation other relationships outside the home is because you've went through conflict together and family is God's design on it's like your training ground for forgiveness mm-hmm. and yes, <laughs> love and yeah, intimacy. Yeah, and intimacy. <laughs> All the levels. All right, ask Tanya questions now, okay? <laughs> I didn't ask her any questions. I'm not poking the bear, so she's not poking me back. <laughs> okay, go on with your teaching, Nina. I'll still ask you questions. I thought this was a good um, a good thought or quote. I So, I, again, in my Googling different professional people's definitions of intimacy, I came across an article on the Gottman Institute. Um, he's a, a big name in relationship counseling world and so this was not Gottman himself that wrote the article but someone on his website uh, platform and she said we have to be cautious who we choose to co-create intimacy with so as to avoid unnecessary destruction it is harder to go back and save our hearts than to go forward and offer them Um, and I mean I guess that's kind of (laughs) negative how she's looking at it but where I I guess what I was grasping in that is is the the carefulness in who we choose and knowing when someone is worth the risk and and pacing ourselves in intimacy. So I think she even uses the phrase P 
people move at different heart speeds yes. according to our nature, inheritance, and history. So I think maybe I'm reading into things you said, Burr, but you find it maybe easy to get to know people well or the you could be quickly paced towards intimacy with the right person right. in context, in friendship or whatever, that you are comfortable in revealing parts of yourself or giving into that relationship. Um, so you may be faster paced than other people. Mm-hmm. And and that's a dance you have to figure out. Mm-hmm. She's making the point that one person doesn't determine the intimacy in the relationship. It's something you, it's a process you do together. Right. Um, and so recognizing and understanding that your ability to be in a deep relationship with someone isn't always going to match that person's right. speed or availability or willingness. Right. Um, and, and there's wisdom in figuring that out and discerning. Yeah. Cause otherwise you tell them all your deepest, darkest secrets and they're like, Whoa, <laughs> I was just trying to like casually have coffee every <laughs> once in a while. I'm not saying that this happened to me, sure. but I'm saying like it could very easily yeah. happen. Like, yeah. Um, and it's why you have, I think we all, I would think we all have varying degrees of friendship. Like, you know, you have your very few that are deep friendships that you can be 100% real with all the time. Um, And then you, you know, you have different varying levels. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I think you're right. Not everybody jumps into it at the same time. So, or feels as comfortable being vulnerable as quickly. So, yeah. And there are some people that are n- maybe never going to be able yes. to match your willingness or readiness. Yes, and there are those people. And as I've gotten older, I've discovered that that's not a friendship I'm really willing to invest as much time in because it's not the type of friendship that I want. Mm-hmm. And I need to reroute that to someone who is willing to go deeper. Not that we can't get along not that we can't hang out not that you know what I'm saying like that's just not if it's not meeting a need that I have that I want for my friendship then I need to find someone else who's willing to go to that level Mm -hmm. so when I'm working with individuals and again usually this is in a context of their dating life but I think it applies to friendships as well when we're talking about how they how they're navigating trying to identify or find a partner uh, or they're in the early stages of dating we'll talk about reciprocity as an important part of gauging Mm -hmm. can they be emotionally intimate are they willing aren't they at the same pace as you Mm -hmm. so if you're always the person saying hey let's go grab dinner and go watch a movie or you're always the first person to text or extend the invitation and they're never doing that then you're needy and you have to stop doing that (laughs) well let me me reframe that (laughs) you can appear as needy right I mean well yes but I think you may have a greater willingness or ability a faster pace at being intimate Mm -hmm. and getting to know someone than that person is, mm-hmm. or, or maybe they're just not interested. Yeah. Um, but that, that is at least a tool in gauging. Right. So I, I will always encourage people, don't always be the first one. Like if you were, and it doesn't have to be scorekeeping style. No, right. But pay attention to, if you've been the mm-hmm. one the last couple of times to initiate contact, go silent for a little bit and yep. see if they reach out. Because that will tell you something about where they are on this journey towards hopefully yes and I think that's so wise because people get their feelings hurt when they don't start reading those cues like oh they're not as at the same level of friendship that I want the friendship to be at or they're not as interested you know and when you miss those cues is where feelings get hurt I think Mm -hmm. because your expectations aren't met for sure now does that mean that the other person is wrong no no Mm-mm. It just means there's a different level of mm-hmm. connection and yeah, yeah, and I think and, and I think wisdom is deciding that it's not me and it's not them. Mm-hmm. It's just not mm-hmm. something we yeah that's going to work. Yeah, you can really, I think, even love and care about someone and be at different paces or mm-hmm. readiness to mm-hmm. be in in a deeper intimate relationship and decide 
if that person can't at least some of the time match me there, even though I care about them, this isn't the relationship. Kind of like you were saying earlier, this isn't the relationship where I need to give all my time and attention. Mm-hmm. That's not easy. Yeah. I don't know if this is exactly the same thing, but it reminds me of like friends that I've had over the years of like, you know, if I, I know if I meet up with either one of you at church or if we're going to get together and it's planned, like I know we're going to talk and laugh and have a mutual conversation and we might talk about deep things or we, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know it's going to mm-hmm. have a, a, a reasonable ebb and, ebb and flow, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But there have been other people that I've known in the past that it's like, you just go into a conversation knowing you don't know what the conversation's going to do or be or where it's going to go, you know? But, like, again, you have to just decide, okay, I'm willing to deal with that and, and still call mm-hmm. this person a friend. Or, uh, you know, I'd rather not. And I would I imagine for you, well, for all of us, but especially for you, I say this because you're a pastor. Oh, okay. Um, not because it's Not you. any of my other issues? <laughs> no, it is tricky because when is it my job? When is this work that I'm mentoring this person or pastoring this person? And when is this just really friendship? And I think that's, I can't imagine how that levels out yeah. in all of y'all's well, brains but, but that's true even for like a small group leader a Sunday school is. teacher it anyone is. who is in any sort of leadership the boss you know you know and the coach yes, or not or I, the whatever. I agree yeah. Yeah. yeah but I mean yeah I think it, it is hard because there are there are I think we would all say there are relationships that I have that I'm like they would probably say this is a friendship and I'm like this is a mentoring relationship mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. I mean and like mm-hmm. yeah. yeah well even in the therapy world it can be tricky of like good, bad, or otherwise a therapy session is a very intimate. You care about your clients. And I do care. And, and clients, you know, I have had clients say, Hey friend. And, and I feel that pull too of like, I could totally hang out with you and go have coffee with you Mm -hmm. or whatever. And yet that's not the appropriate delineation of what this relationship is. Right. Um, So it, it it can be Mm -hmm. tricky to have, layers and because feelings and people are messy tangly <laughs> and I love all the humanity of it it's <laughs> good stuff yeah um my last kind of little tidbit on this and we can add or I guess we can't take away but we can add <laughs> oh we can oh, take we can away take don't it you away. worry <laughs> there's uh, editing that happens <laughs> would be kind of considering what things build intimacy versus what things are barriers to intimacy and we've got some of these we've already kind of touched on a little bit um as far as things that build intimacy we've kind of already talked about like mutual participation that reciprocity we were just mentioning um vulnerability we've already talked about that there's trust positive conflict resolution we've really covered a lot of these I would say even eye contact giving your full attention is important for intimacy for a lot of reasons what other things would you add, Tanya? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for asking Tanya questions. <laughs> oh, I really am trying to think about that. Um, I think just it would have to do with just the general care and and interest and attention given to the situation or the relationship. So it may not necessarily involve a lot of talking or doing but something that indicates your desire to be there, your awareness of what's going on around you. I think even those little cues would kind of be on the level with like eye contact, mm-hmm. you know, acknowledgement that someone walked into a room. Yeah, just um, body language mm-hmm. in general. I think things like open. that go along with all the things that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. What's the question again? <laughs> How to build intimacy? Building versus the, the barriers. Things that. I mean, I think um, having, I think, proximity is one um I am one to say that I don't know that I can have deep connections with people that I don't interact with on a pretty regular basis I'm not I know that I would not do well at long distance relationships whether that be Mm -hmm. (laughs) a, a marriage or that be a friendship I do better when it's someone that I see on a regular basis so for me I would add proximity as an intimacy builder like being able to see you on a regular basis 
helps for sure. I mean, I know everyone may not have that answer, you know. But do you have friends that you don't see, but <clears throat> once every couple of years when you get together, it's like you saw each other yesterday? Um, I don't know if that's the same thing or not, but it made me think of that. Yes and no. I mean, mm. yes, but for me, in this stage of my life, what I desire is people that are regularly involved in my life. Um, I'm not saying that that wouldn't be... Right later in life couldn't be something that Mm -hmm. I but right now my what I want in life is people that are regularly involved in my yeah just because my life's so busy like I Mm -hmm. (laughs) so much could happen before I see you again in two years you know like yeah um so we need some kind of yeah consistent communication I'm not saying it has to be every day or Mm -hmm. every week but like consistent catching up and yeah yeah, um, some repetition involved mm-hmm. or quality time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And quality time's my love language, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're not spending time with me, I don't feel You see, you don't love quality FaceTime? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Which I do think that technology has been a barrier for people for yes, connecting for sure. and feeling connected. And but it also helps people be connected, right. too. It I has mean, to be on purpose. Um, yeah. Yep, I, and I give this as an example. BJ was out of town last week. He was gone all week, and like we just did. I mean, like the intimacy is not there when he's gone. And I know that sounds so silly, but like, like just to have someone at the end of the day, even if I only see him for fifteen or twenty minutes before we go to sleep, just I don't know. For me, physically being in my life mm-hmm. is important to me. Yep. But that I mean, I think some of these intimacy builders are person specific to you yes i would agree with that yeah so you've already kind of launched into barriers mm-hmm. and and cell phones was high <laughs> on my list mm-hmm. for barriers for a lot of reasons i agree though that they can build they do keep us connected but i think that's limited well i think about philip and michelle mm-hmm. i mean i mean philip's on the road with work so much that they've had to find ways to stay connected and FaceTime is one of them, you know, they, you, they use that tool. But if you are in the same proximity with someone, if you're in the same space with someone and you should be having a shared experience by looking out the window together, but somebody's looking at their phone, then that's when it becomes right. a barrier. Yes. Yeah. Rather than a tool to help. But I would guess they're able to maintain their relationship well when he's gone via those tools because they also have time together sure. in person mm-hmm. to to balance it out. Mm-hmm. I think if he was gone all the time, right, that would be a lot harder, mm-hmm. I would guess. And I there are know. people that deal with things like that, too, you know, yeah. months at a time. Yes, or, and, they, and they have to, and they're, yeah, they right. have to. But you have to work extra out. hard. Yeah, like, I even think absolutely. about that. It's not the same at all, but, like, thinking about you were saying CMBJ at the end of the day before you go to bed versus that's, like, one end of the spectrum, and then Philip and Michelle's life is another in the spectrum. But then, like with Tracy working nights, right? You know, it hit me a while back. It's like sometimes we don't see each other, you know, because of how that falls. Like mm-hmm. we're gone before he gets back in the morning. It's like, oh, we need to like be aware because we're not naturally just falling into bed at the same time, even to talk for a few minutes right. or you know, so things like that. So everybody has to think about what where their life is along the spectrum of mm-hmm. all of that mm-hmm. and find ways to make make it work. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think the phones, in in my mind, when I'm thinking of it as a barrier to intimacy, it's about attention. That if I'm buried in my phone, I'm missing a lot of the, like we were talking about a minute ago, a lot of those cues, Mm -hmm. physical cues of just eye contact or, you know, even with our kids. Like if we're looking at our phone and how many times they look at us for, are you watching me? Did you see that? How important that is that you're just distracted you're you're missing opportunity for connection mm-hmm. for something that is drastically less valuable <laughs> i mean yeah. arguably yes definitely um so distraction phones are kind of they get a lot of bad rap for that but i i think it's not unwarranted yeah other relationships could be distractions work could be distractions so that category would cover mm-hmm. a lot of things if you haven't had good models of what Mm-hmm. intimacy looks like mm-hmm. again that can be friendships or marriage that can be a barrier if it if you haven't been shown the way or experienced that even parent child like if your parents weren't able to be vulnerable and intimate with you in that appropriate parent child way for that child growing up then 
they may have issues with building intimacy in their relationships. Or if they were overly vulnerable in a way that they shouldn't have been Mm -hmm. in a parent-child relationship, then I've also seen the other happen. Like people who share too much too soon, too often with too many people Mm -hmm. because they weren't modeled appropriate levels. Or taking on too much responsibility because the parent was oversharing or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, that they... As a child, you don't have the tools to solve those problems for right. your for your parent. And so then you can kind of take on that mentality of, well, I have the power because if my parent is telling me this, then right. there's kind of this assumption made, I think, not even consciously that I have to do something about that. Mm-hmm. And so then you can kind of get into that fix-it mm-hmm. mode or whatever. Yep. Um, I think even physical and mental health. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. can be barriers. Can be a barrier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great. That people deal with without even realizing right. it. But it, it slows them down. It hinders them. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, if you have a lot of physical pain, you may mm-hmm. not want to be embraced. Or, um, you know, if you're struggling with anxiety and depression, that can skew your perception of what mm-hmm. the intimacy is like in your relationship. So, for sure. Or having the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel like I'm stuck on that. I don't know why. But, you know, like, I, I, I think we see it so much in the world today. Like, we just don't make that connection for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, Lack of emotional safety. So if there's um, fear, intimidation, um, especially in marriages, if there's always threats to leave when there's conflict, that very much undermines your ability to have shared intimacy. Um, What about laziness? Just straight up. I know. know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Go ahead. I mean, I don't even know what else there is to add to that necessarily, but like, you know, sometimes is lack of reciprocity might be not knowing that that's an expectation in a friendship or relationship, mm-hmm. or it could just be laziness. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, there may be other things to attribute to that and other things to, you know, but again, but again, even that is like, is it because you're too tired from work? Is it because you're stressed? Is it because you're anxious about something? Is it, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, because it takes sacrifice. I don't know that we've mm-hmm. used that word in this context, mm-hmm. but as much as it takes risk, that that's in also involving sacrifice mm-hmm. of time, energy, vulnerability, mm-hmm. all those things. So yeah. it may be I'm consciously not able to give, but it also can just be I'm not willing or... Yeah. I just don't care. Too lazy. Apathetic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then... Just internal insecurity, self-doubt. Um, if you don't have a good sense of who you are, it's much harder to share who you are with someone else. Um, so being able to manage, again, that can go a whole other direction in the conversation of knowing how to balance need for space with need for connection. Yeah. So. It's a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot to think about, <laughs> Nina. It's a lot to think so about. Sorry if you were hoping for something more juicy than all that. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. It's good though because it's it pertains to everybody. Yeah. At every age and stage of life. Mm-hmm. This matters and comes into play in your life in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. And so to be healthy in this area would be a very beneficial thing throughout life. So do you see a lot of people in practice that have trouble with intimacy? And do they have a gender? (laughs) Inquiring minds would like to know. Yes, they are males and females. (laughs) (laughs) Is there one gender you see more than others? Mm. Well, more females come to therapy. Uh So you're only in one side of it, I see. Uh But also, maybe it's because they're more vulnerable and willing to be intimate. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just saying. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's a thing. (laughs) (laughs) So what we're saying is that everyone can get better at this, though. That's encouraging. Yes, I do. I think there's lots of room for growth and and developing more intimate relationships in multiple avenues of your life. Yeah. It just shouldn't be with everybody. Oh, That's right. right. I know. I, I keep feeling like the opposite side of the coin, you know, because like you're talking about being more vulnerable and developing relationships, and I'm imagining the people that need to rein some things in. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's know? true too. But what I'm saying is like if you're in a relationship, 
that both of you desire more intimacy or one of you's not having that need met and the other person's like I want to fulfill that for you you can get better at it Mm -hmm. yes you may have to say it that blatantly though yes and I think that I think I think I don't know but I think (laughs) Nina would be able to tell us but I think a lot of relationships that's where it where the problem is is no one wants to say I have needs and this this is the need and it's Mm -hmm. not getting met Mm -hmm. because if you're speaking specifically about romantic relationships I think we've covered this maybe before on here but there's this romanticized idea of if you love me and know me you should know what I need and I don't have to tell you that's baloney they have no idea (laughs) and that's true for men and for women yes yeah like men shouldn't assume that women can read their minds any better than women should assume that men can read their minds do you know what has caused all these problems romantic comedy movies oh and disney princesses yes Uh you don't mean it i thought you were going to say the fall oh well that (laughs) too you were going but also that (laughs) but also that (laughs) i'm just saying unrealistic expectations Mm -hmm. you know like yeah people are not mind readers but that's not just romantic relationships. No. Friendships are the same way. I think you should be able to say, this is what I'm hoping to get from this friendship. This, sure. is, this is my expectation. You know, if it's not being met and have honest dialogue yeah. about and it. And families. Family relationships. Yes. Boundaries. We're talking about boundaries. <laughs> yes. Today, yes. You know. yes. So. For sure. It's a good thing. Why don't people want to express their needs? Why, why is that? A, first of all, you have to be aware that you even have needs. That what you're feeling it's something to be expressed, I think. Like, you have to have self-awareness. Okay. And people, then you have to be... People do not have self-awareness. No. This is what I have discovered. Right. <laughs> and then you have to be brave enough to express it. You have mm. to be in a relationship where that's a safe thing to do. Okay. And then you have to be willing to get your heart crushed <laughs> if you don't get the thing that you asked for. Mm. It's hard work, people. Proceed with caution. <laughs> this is why you have a job, Nina. This it is. is exactly it because it's it hard is. work. It is hard work. Yeah. And it takes time. And But don't give up because it's worth it. It is with worth it. With the right it. people in the right context. It, it and there are people worth it. for you to build a relationship with. Yes. But the only reason I can tell you that it's worth it is because I have this kind of relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're hard work. Yeah. And they didn't for them. come mm-hmm. easily or quickly or with every person that I tried them with right yeah (laughs) you know so sure yeah definitely but I do kind of maybe to bring it all down I I do think we're created for it and we're designed for intimacy um and that God can and will help us Mm -hmm. have the wisdom and discernment about how to grow that and with whom to grow that and yes that he modeled it in the trend, the relationship of the Trinity, mm-hmm. that that's perfect intimacy. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, we can, not that our human relationships will be that right quality and yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um, but I, I think if we're made in his image, we have some capacity for it and a need for it for sure. Yeah. So. That's good stuff. That's a good way to wrap it up. I think we should end there (laughs) (laughs) before we get another rabbit trail. So (laughs) I will just say that in intimacy and relationships, God's grace is sufficient for you.